Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Colin Mitchell. And Colin, today we are joined by the starting quarterback for North Texas, Chandler Rogers. Co- or Chandler, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. I've had too many coaches on the podcasts that I do over the past however many months, so I just always say coach. And uh, But yeah, you've uh, had a busy week, obviously, coming off of the win against Louisiana Tech. I think that's where I want to start. Um, just walk us through the emotions of that game. Uh, obviously, y'all build up the lead, then they come back, and then you get the ball back with one last drive. Just what were your emotions like and how the game all played out for you? Um, just knowing that we were up and that we had that unfortunate fumble, which gave them momentum. Um, just trying to stay level-headed, make sure everybody just keeps a very level head, calm, cool, and collected um, throughout the entire game. And something that Coach Morris talked about was just don't complain. If anything bad happens, just play the next play. Just just focus one play at a time. And that's, that's what we did. And with a minute and four left, we went down, uh, drove, and kicked that field goal. And it was just a really testament to our mental toughness that we've really been working on. And, you know, our, our saying with Coach Kagan's is this went over default. So that it really showed then. What was it like getting that, you know, obviously your first start, getting a win? Uh, what were the emotions around that is it for you and as well for the team? Um, for the team, it, it was just much needed for our confidence. Um, you know, play Cal, things didn't go the way we wanted to. Um, we played FIU, it was an unfortunate loss. Um, but just getting back on track and making, you know, just feeling good about ourselves, like, hey, we can still do this. We're, we're still a really good football team. We have great talent, great coaches. Um, and just that's just a confidence booster for myself. It's a confidence booster as well because, you know, I've been playing for the past two years at ULM. But when winning games there, it's just a reminder that I still have the talent. I'm still who I am and who I've been in the past, it's just going in and winning games. For sure. What what went into your decision to transfer from ULM? Obviously, you had some success there. Um, you know, played a lot of games. Uh, I guess just talk us through the the recruitment process. Like, what did Morris do to you know kind of kind of get you here? Okay, so me leaving uh, ULM really came down to the resources. Um, as far as like being off campus, we weren't provided any meals, any meal plans. Mm-hmm. Everything's on your own. Yeah. Um, we also didn't have a full training staff. Like we went the entire season without a head trainer. Oh yeah. wow, that's I mean, crazy, actually. <laughs> like we we had like two, three student GAs that were the training staff for all sports. Mm-hmm. So going through that and just it, it was really a struggle. Um, reminded me a lot of when I was in junior college. So just being in Division One football again, I was like, things aren't supposed to be like this. So and I brought it to their attention. I, I tried to make a plan to where things could be fixed, but unfortunately wasn't able to. So I opted to leave and transfer. And um, Coach Morris, he um, asked for my number like a day or two after he got hired here. And um, we talked, you know, talked about why I left ULM. Um, he talked about bringing me home. Um, I saw the staff he brought in with Coach Gilbert, Coach O. I mean, just familiar faces I've known for years and having those relationships already established and made things a lot easier. And I took my visit here in January, and I mean, just was a day or two after I committed. It just just felt right, felt very comfortable. Being an air raid, I did this very same office in high school as well, and had great success with it. So I know I have great success here as well. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about the um, the style that of offense, obviously that Eric Morris runs. That uh, uh, talked about, like you said, air raid. Um, I wasn't sure. Obviously, I watched we watched your games at ULM when when you 
committed over here and um, obviously it's a different offense from from there but I was curious as you know if you had played it all in high school and stuff so to hear you say that it's kind of encouraging uh, but just how different is it from even the offense at, at ULM that you ran how much did you have to kind of relearn the system um, relearning the system for for as far as concepts mm-hmm. is really very similar because I mean it's college football everybody runs the same thing essentially they just call it something different now the main difference was really the personnel groupings because we were a lot more 11 personnel 12 personnel ULM and now we just would like to have a lot of fast guys out there playing fast um, when I first got here a lot of operation went through me and that was really the biggest adjustment is just telling everybody what to do I mean I would get signal to play and I have to relay it to everybody, to all the receivers, to the running backs, to the offensive line. Um, it's a little bit simpler now because I, I've been through it. I've been going through it since the spring, the walkthroughs. I mean, it's just, it was a lot just operationally. Yeah. I I want to jump around a little bit, Colin. Um, we, yeah, we, have a, we have a run through, <laughs> but I hope we're just going to jump around here. Uh so, so in the spring you get here, you obviously learn the system, everything like that. You you know, you know the core, you have a lot of quarterbacks in the room, whatnot. Go through fall camp as well. What was fall camp like for you, and how it kind of unfolded, and just the obviously the competition uh, between you and Stone, and just how how all that played out. What was fall camp that whole month like for you? Um, I felt that I had a very good camp. Um, the coaches agreed as well. Um, moved the ball well, had great operation, were scoring. Um, a lot, really, and uh, coaches just felt like Stone was the one to start the game against Cal, and um, he also told me that they had a plan to play me as well. So, it, it you know it wasn't the result I wanted because I came here to be the guy, but um, everything works out in its own time. How tough was it to not start in those first two weeks? It, it, was, very, it was very tough because I, I've been playing for the past two years really three, if you want to count junior college. So it was something that I had to get back used to because when I first got to ULM, I started as the backup behind Rhett. So mm. I've been in the situation before. I knew how to handle I knew how to prepare. And just knowing that when my name is called, I have to be ready. So I just made sure I was ready. Obviously, you come in in the second half of that FIU game. What was the – how how was it, you know, getting rhythm? Because obviously you weren't in the first half. Uh, I can't – I think they were, uh, y'all were up. Um but how, how was it – how difficult was it to get rhythm on the fly? Um, I feel like it really wasn't um, because just coming fresh out of halftime, you're kind of warm. You get yeah. seen out of halftime. So I was already warm throwing, and, and I felt really good. And I really had a great, great grasp of the game plan. And like I said, being prepared, I mean, proper preparation prevents poor performance. So – Knowing that and, and doing the things I, I needed to do during the week, uh, making sure I'm locked in and walkthroughs, watching extra film, just making sure that I was ready and prepared and just went out there and played. And I wasn't even thinking. Can you say that phrase again? Proper preparation prevents poor performance. I've heard it before. I've heard it before, but it kind of threw me off when, when you said it. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I hadn't heard it in the in, in a <laughs> <laughs> Um. Now, I mean – as you move forward uh, in the season, uh, now, like you said, getting the big win over Louisiana Tech and getting that momentum going forward, you haven't even started conference play yet. Um, just what are the keys to keeping this offense going, keeping the consistency going? Uh, just what what are the main factors for you? Um, just, just making sure that we're consistent. Um, there's going to be highs and lows, but finding that midline where every, everything is just still 
Um, everybody is just taking one step at a time, getting 1% better every day. Um, just making sure that everybody is holding each other accountable and as well as holding ourselves accountable. Just making sure we're knowing our assignments, going through walkthroughs, making sure we're sharp mentally, taking care of our bodies as well, and just taking things one day at a time. That's all we can control. Obviously, moving forward, uh, starting with Macklin and Burns as your receiving core, what, what makes those guys unique? Obviously, you go down further the list. You got Trey Cleveland, uh, Damon Ward. Um, can you just explain to us what makes those guys unique and effective? I mean, if you want to go one by one, J Mac, I mean, he's a twitchy route runner. I mean, there's not a route he can't run. And he has great, great hands. He knows his body well. Um, Is it, isn't his Twitter like the, the route runner or something like that? Yeah, I think it's route runner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like route, route runner nine or something like that. Yeah. yeah. He, he gets a lot of his game from his older cousin. Um, yeah. So, I mean, watching Jeremy and watching J Mac is like the same player to me. Yeah, we had him on the podcast. Uh, yeah. When was that? Con Spring? That was Spring, right? Yeah. That was spring, yeah. And yeah, he talked about that a good amount. Yeah, and, and having Rod, I mean, he's a vet. He knows how to get open. He's going to catch the ball and make plays with his feet. I mean, you saw that in Louisiana Tech, all the yak yards he had. Um, Jay Smart is somebody who's very slept on. Because, I mean, Jay mm. Smart could make two people miss and he can go, go for 80. Trey Cleveland is a deep threat. He's very, very fast. Um, K-Line is the same way. He's very, very fast. And we also get him in the running game as well. Yeah. Um, Blair Carwright, Car- Conwright, he's somebody who is a crafty, crafty runner, route runner. I mean, he just knows how to get open. I mean, he he man coverage, he's going to separate well. In zone coverage, he, he knows how to find the hole and sit in the grass. Um, you also have Zai, who is, yeah. who is somebody who has great potential. I mean, you look at him physically, he's 6'2", he's like 210. I mean, he's like, look at him, he looks unstoppable. And he, he has those flashes where he truly is. Um, and you have D. Ward, my guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been playing here for years, and we see that <laughs> he's time. still continuing. So, I mean, this receiver core is really great. Does I'm, – I'm just curious from a quarterback perspective – Obviously, you think about all of that before the play. You think of that whenever the play is called and whatnot. How much of that goes through your head as the play is unfolding, though, I, I guess, is, is a way of looking at it. Like, That's an interesting do you question. Think, yeah. I guess just like, you know, you've got Trey Cleveland one-on-one, you're throwing it and whatnot. Just But, like, the yeah. other factors, everybody has their individual skills. How, how does that play in your head? Right. Sometimes, you know, some play calls are based by a certain player based off of what they're able to do, what they're best at. Mm-hmm. And – our coaches do a great job putting us in situations to make sure that everybody is able to succeed. Um, like Jay Mack, he's very twitchy, great route running. He's able to separate, use his body. Trey Cleveland's deep threat. I mean, if I'm in the middle of a game, he's like, hey, I can beat him on this. I'm like, okay, call this play, and I'm going to him. Mm-hmm. Or if it's just like there's a corner out there that really isn't that good, we're going at him. Yeah. There's a safety that's really not good, who's not fast. For example, like Caleb can just run by people. He can run by anybody. I mean, Rod, Smart, Blair, route runners, they can beat anybody. So it's just, of course, I'm definitely going to look who's out there for sure. But play play call, it definitely plays an effect based off of the, the defense and who is guarding them as well. How collaborative is that process of, uh, play calling I obviously you know dirt throughout the week as y'all scout and y'all figure out what you can run but even during the game as you kind of talk to Morris and the whole offensive staff as to what what you want to run 
It's very collaborative. We talk uh, about every play every after every series. So we have great, great communication between us. Um, if there's something I don't like, they're like, hey, let me know. If, if you don't like it, we won't call it. But they're also bringing like, uh, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? If I like it, they'll call it for sure. I mean, it's not where you're like, okay, we're just going to stick with the game plan and make it work. If something doesn't work, it's going to change. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I guess I've never really thought about that in college, especially. You always think yeah. about it like in the NFL. Yeah. Um, oh, what do you got, Colin? Oh, I was just going to move. I was just going to move down to. So we obviously just talked about receivers. I mean, you came here, North Texas last year, to a great running back room. Still do. Uh, you got Io, Oscar, uh, Ragsdale, uh, Isaiah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you got here, high level running backs. What, what, what's that like having that behind you? No, for the past two years, running the football has been a struggle. So it's definitely a stress reliever for me. Yeah. We got to run the ball. And- and then you have my running ability, so it, it puts a lot of stress on the defense. And you have a great offensive line as well. I mean, the sky's the limit when you're able to run the ball and throw the football offensively. How sure. much when you run? How much are you not? Are you trying not to take a hit? Um, whenever <laughs> I'm not saying obviously if it's third down, you know you're trying to stick. You trying to get the yardage, but let's say you get the yardage, and then you know you're like five yards down the field. You're like, all right, I'm not. I'm not taking the, this shot. I really don't even think about getting hit. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, when I when I break out, I really try to score. Unless it's, mm-hmm. if it's green grass, if I see green grass, I'm trying to score. If I see a whole bunch of people, I'm just gonna get what I get and get down. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm very smart about my body because I play quarterback for one, and it's not like I'm a six four six five guy like Cam Newton. I mean, they're gonna try to hurt me. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I'm very smart with that. Yeah. What goes into the decision of actually, you know? running because obviously you see uh, a lot of quarterbacks that rely on that a lot um but for you it seems like you you seem to stay in the pocket as long as you can and then and then break it out so what what in your mind goes okay now i gotta go um part of it is like an internal clock i have it's just going through my reads and feeling the pocket out feeling the pressure just making stepping up in the pocket if i have to leave the pocket i will um really just you feel it out at the same time, there are certain calls where it's like one or two, then you have to go. Mm. So play call is a, is a fake, but it's really just like just playing football. You just fill it out. What's I get one of my last questions. What what have you learned the most this year? Mm. I know it's a very broad question, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> thought maybe it can get a decent answer. <laughs> what I've learned the most is um. Hmm. That's what I do, Colin. I ask the, ask the hard questions here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can be, you know, um, it can be schematically, it can be philosophically, it can be anything. One, one, thing, one thing I've learned the most is preparing um, mentally outside of football. So, like, what we do with Coach Kagan's is uh, we'll do, like, mental mental Thursday as far as um, meet with us, our psychological team, and really just deep – go um, deeper into our thoughts and really see how we can better prepare for a game. Because, you know, you're just really focused on the game plan. People think just watching film, um, looking over your plays, talking over the game plan is just enough when it's really, it really is not. You know, meditating helps. Um, talking to people who, who are professionals with, with in terms of the brain really helps because they can provide you a mental edge. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, I don't have anything else that's serious. Um, I was curious though, who's who's the funniest player on the team? 
Mm. We had hard. we had Jamoy Macklin on. We had J Mac on um in the spring, and I thought he was hilarious. J Mac's up there. J Mac is up there. That's a hard one. Ooh. Ooh. That's a hard one. Maybe on the offense. Go offense or defense? Maybe we just do oh, yeah, offense. Offense. I don't know. It might it might be Jay Smart. Oh, Jordan Smart. He's okay. Been on a roll lately. Okay. He's been on a roll lately. It's like, yeah. I feel like that whole receiver, that whole receiver core just <laughs> unserious. <laughs> there are a whole bunch of characters. I can't lie. There are a whole bunch That's of characters. Funny. That's funny. Um, go ahead. So after uh, getting away from football, we ask everybody this: uh, who we have on uh, two questions. First, what is the the hobby outside of the outside of football that you do? So you go home. What are you doing? Um, I, I like to watch TV or play my PS Five. I, I keep it pretty simple. I like to relax when we get time off because I mean we're we're very busy here. Yeah. So just anything that just like I'm able to relax. If it's like an off day or something, I'll probably um go out and go somewhere to eat. Um. If I have time, I really go shop. Mm. Mm. What's your favorite uh, TV show or uh, PS5 game? PS5 right now is 2K. Mm. Um, GTA is a close second. Uh, okay. Um, I, I just got 2K. I just got 2K yeah. about – well, I got it when it came out, actually. I can't say that. But the TV I'm show right now, right now is uh, it's on Hulu. It's called Godfather Harlem. Okay. okay. Sweet. Okay. Nice, nice. Uh, and then second part of that question, I guess separate question is, if you didn't play football, what sport would you play? We had uh, uh, Rob Brown said uh, he uh, was going to do shot put. <laughs> uh, and I, then I forgot what, what did, uh, what did Gabe Blair say? Gabe Blair said... Uh, hockey. He said hockey. hockey. Right? Yeah, he hockey. said hockey. So I'm playing baseball. Baseball. Okay. okay. First baseball we've had. I mean, I grew up playing baseball. I played every every position except catcher, first and third. Dang. The the quarterback to baseball pipeline is is always there. I mean, oh, yeah. Jameis Winston. I mean, you go down the list of quarterbacks that play baseball. So Jameis Kyler. What yeah. if if? But okay, you played in high school, I assume. I didn't. I oh, you didn't. Ran okay. track in high school. Oh, okay. Track I will run track, but I know how track practice is. Baseball. <laughs> Just yeah, no, just cardio over and over and over. There's no need, no need for that. Um, all right. Well, I think that's all we got. Uh, how, did you were you in the locker room uh, dancing after the latte game? What, what were you? Oh yeah, we were in there. You were, you were in there. <laughs> okay, okay. I didn't see a video. I, I didn't see a video on Twitter. Yeah, they got they got pictures. They got pictures. They got pictures. Okay. Well, that'll be the thumbnail of this of this uh, YouTube video. So we'll make sure we tag you in it and everything. All right. Sounds good. But all right, man. Uh, thanks for joining us. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. For sure. All right, Colin. Um, that was a great interview. Amazing. I enjoyed that. Shout out to Chandler Rogers for kind of felt, on. felt a little scared. Dude was kind of <laughs> he just was, like he was locked in. He was yeah, he's he's locked in twenty four seven. That's dude's, my quarterback. Dude's never not locked in. No, that was great. I thought it was really interesting. Um I guess how one, I guess how he was the backup at ULM, so he's been there before. And then yeah. two, how he you know, for for it seemed like he at the end of the day he was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna be the starter here eventually." Like he even said he was like, "I came here to to be the starter." Oh yeah, of course he did, and that's that's the whole thing is, 
I said this I said this um after week one or before week one or whenever I was like players don't transfer leave starting jobs to go be backups. Right. There is a understanding across the board that you go get a guy that's a starter at another place because you know what he is and you want that player to be your starter. As Maya barks in the background. Well hold on, timeout, pause. You have a second dog now. Not yet. Tomorrow. Oh, you said tomorrow. You did. No, tomorrow. I they're doing a meet and greet tomorrow on the front, the front out there, and then they're gonna come inside. Or not tomorrow, Saturday. I thought today was Friday for some reason. Saturday. Okay. Yeah, okay. they're uh the dogs in Waxahachie. How do you say that? Waxahachie? Wa- I say Waxahachie. I say Waxahachie. Yes, it's spelled that way, so I'm gonna say it that way. Waxahachie. Yeah. yeah. So they have to drive the dog up from there, and then they're gonna meet on Saturday, and then we have like okay. a ten day trial period. Okay. So. All right. Well, we'll bring it on the podcast once it's official. Mm-hmm, very mm-hmm, exciting mm-hmm. very exciting time very exciting anyways to get back to chandler rogers um you were you were actually talking you want to finish your thought um let's see what was i talking about i don't remember but uh, you, yeah, you get a tra- when someone transfers in, it's yeah he it's, transferred he knew what, what he was going to do here i mean the, the point about ulm being obviously understaffed that doesn't really surprise me as much as i mean them not having a head trainer is surprising but them being understaffed compared to North Texas is not um, North Texas. We've gone back on this a million times resource wise for a G five team. They're pretty good in a yeah. pretty good spot. And so that's yeah. why, that's why the standard at North Texas needs to be a little higher than what it's been. Um, not saying they need to be, you know, going t- 10 and two every year, but the standard should be a little higher considering the resources that are being put into this football program. Um, and then I thought the really interesting thing to me was um, that the fact that he had played in a air raid offense before he played that in high school. Yeah. I thought that was a really big thing because if you hadn't played in the air raid offense, let's say you played in a traditional, whatever spread spread power, whatever offense in high school. And then ULM, he was kind of just, um, I think it was, they tried running the ball. It wasn't an air raid. That's my point. Yeah. Now he comes over here to North Texas and it is an air raid. If you hadn't played that before, that can be challenging from a play calling perspective, you know, what you're looking for and all that stuff. Um, so I think that's a, that plays a big factor in his comfort level. Yeah. And then he mentioned it as well, having running backs. Yeah. Actual, <laughs> actual running backs. Yeah. Changes your life. If you, if you're Chandler Rogers. So I, I can imagine that he is extremely relieved to have running backs that can get him those yards that he doesn't have to do everything like he did at, at ULM. So, Overall, I thought it was a great interview. I thought I was really um, encouraged. So yeah, I, if if, uh, if you didn't tell me the record, I'd be like, this team's winning every game. <laughs> still can. Still can win every still game can. from here on out, Colin. Still, here we go. still possible. Still possible. Okay. Let's talk about Eric Morris. Yeah. Because he talked in San Antonio. I don't know the name of the event. Uh, Goming Green uh, had it covered very, very well. So shout out to our friends over at Goming Green, the main forum for North Texas fans. Uh, you know, no free promo, but there's some free promo um, because they do a great job and we love JD and them over there. Yeah. They tweeted out um, or they did a whole rundown actually on what Eric Moore said. Um, and there was one quote in particular that did stand out to North Texas fans. Um, I think NTSN tweeted it out. So credit to him as well. You have the tweet. You have the quote. You have the tweet. Do you have the go quote. ahead and, and read it real, uh, real quickly and we'll talk about it. Yep. Yeah, and the quote is, 
And so I just took a chapter from, you know, my mentor, Michael Leach, which, you know, there were many, there were so many things that Mike taught me on how to build a program from the ground up, but we went all in on it. And over the last two weeks, I've suspended 12 guys and seven other starters. They did not play against Florida International. We suspended our starting corner and middle linebacker last week because they didn't get their study hours. And one of them was 17 minutes short of it. So we've kind of gone back to the drawing or kind of gone back to drawing a line in the sand and just doing it the way that we've done it in the past. We built this sense of accountability, which is hard for me to like do those things at first because they had so much success and I didn't want to come in and act like we just need to completely do something completely different. Um, yeah, so I, I think this goes back to those quotes that I was actually, you know, criticizing him about, you know, the 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 whole like we don't have everyone in the locker room bought in, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, I think this adds context to that to where I I'm like, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, what do you think? No, I mean, that, this is what I said. This is, I mean, it plays in part to what I said whenever the the initial quote came. I think it was after Cal, where I was like, we have to get guys bought in. We have yeah. to figure out who's bought in, all that stuff. Because what did I say that week? I said, look, it's a coaching change. And they didn't have a bunch of players leave, right? They had a few players leave. But at the end of the day, you're not going to have a full 100% buy-in on a coach that didn't recruit these players, obviously a whole new staff that didn't recruit these players. And if you lose a game, lose two games in a row, yeah, the buy-in is going to be fairly low for a first-year coach. This isn't this isn't a situation where it's a new roster, um, you know, all coming here to play for this coach. Yeah, And so that's where I think when people read the quotes initially from Eric Morris after the Cal game, it's like, whoa, 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 what, what's happening? Like the – burn everything down but that's just how it goes so for you as a new head coach you have to as he said draw a line in the sand and figure out who's coming with me and who's not who's going to do their study hours and who's not who wants to play and who doesn't because that's the thing you will lose games regardless if you have the talent on the field and they're not bought in you'll lose that game if you don't have the talent you're not going to win the game either so it doesn't matter it's about building a foundation building a culture and drawing that line in the sand to say this is how we're doing things and eventually whether it's this year whether it's next year you get those players bought in and you they figure out this is how we're doing things it's that way every single coaching change there's a massive change in expectations eric morris from seth latrell is a huge change in personalities yeah as far as how they do things and this was always the way it was going to go um again we wish they would have won the game against fiu they didn't but they beat la tech things are starting to look up and i said they needed to beat la tech for morale's sake as well that's not oh yeah everyone's morale not just the team everyone's (laughs) and now you get Evelyn christian which again should be a win i'm uh, hesitant to use that phrasing now after the fiu game but it should be a win so you go to two and two and then you go into conference play and that's where the season will be determined right so I'm really glad they didn't have an early conference game like a lot of teams do. I mean, Conference USA had week zero conference games. Uh, SEC has week three conference games. Like, I'm really glad they're waiting until week five to play a conference yeah. game. Heck, week, week six, right? Because three by Abilene Christian. Then oh, conference. yeah. Yeah. So you have six weeks to get this thing in order, and then you get into conference play. Yeah. So that that's my takeaway is this is how it was always going to go. I'm glad he's just kind of said it. We're drawing the line in the sand. 
you're either with us or you're not. And I'm not afraid to, to sus- suspend people at this point. Yeah, I, I do like I do like because uh, we talked about the last podcast how it was kind of being a little short with uh, during the press conferences. I yeah. like how he's gone back to what I really liked the first part where he's just open because um, because I, I did like that about him because then we know more about what's actually happening um, and also clarifies things like it clarifies the the we need guys to buy in or guys on all bought in. Um, so I, I really like that about it. So I'm glad we brought that quote up. It's very it's a, it's a very underrated part of being a head coach is being able to talk to your fans. And I, I say yeah. fans, I don't say I don't say media, right? Because the fans determine how bought in they are. They determine your attendance. They determine determine obviously if they want you gone. Yeah. And ultimately, being able to address them in this way, in an open way, like you said plays a massive massive factor even if things are going badly if you just explain why things aren't going well yeah they, it, a lot of people sure some people will still be like oh this this dude doesn't know what he's doing and you know, all this stuff whatever you have that contingent but then you have a contingent that actually cares and will listen to what you're saying so yeah. i think that's something that incarnate word i don't know how much he had to really do that um last year washington washington state i don't know um you know, if he had to address the media ton there or whatever, they were pretty good at Washington State, so maybe things was going well. But when things are not going well, you have to hold our hand and walk us through the fire. Yeah. Like, yeah. you have to. If you just get short on us, we're going to sit there and die in the fire, and then we're going to want you to die with us. Sure, like, we were dying last week after exactly. that. Exactly. So, so I, I feel like this – here's free PSA for Eric Morris. Walk us through the fire. I want my hand held, and mm-hmm. I want you to help me. Like so children. Like children. Amazing. That's what I am. I am a child. <laughs> I am a child. <laughs> I am a child. Um, anything else on that quote? I feel like that was covered. No, up. I don't think so. Okay. Um, anything else? I have some games I want to talk about with the you already have them written down. I do. I have four games. Now okay. it's a really interesting week for the American because there's only one conference game in the entire slate, which I guess makes sense because everybody's starting, you know, yeah on week week five, week six. The only conference game is Rice and USF. Rice is a short favorite. Rice, Colin, is better than we thought they were. Rice is, like, good. Rice is, like, good. <laughs> yeah. Rice is a football team. Put that on a shirt. Rice is, like, good. What's crazy is after going to that Houston uh, – or after going to Houston that one time for Mason Fines attempted a yeah. bowl game, uh, I would never have thought that that stadium could ever have a good team in it. I don't, I don't, I don't know. No one know. I don't know if it's like on the, if you can really tell when you like walk in the stadium as a fan, but let me tell you that press box was crazy. I had to like climb up some of these weird concrete stairs. Definitely not ADA accessible, you know, yeah, definitely no, not, not approved. No, no. Nobody approved that stadium. <laughs> um, for context of rice real quick, because they are a team North Texas plays this year. Um, they hung with Texas for, a little bit rice gave texas a little bit of problems early on texas pulls away and wins 37 to 10 still only a 27 point loss for a texas team that beat alabama i'm not mad at that um then rice goes up 28 to 0 on houston houston comes back forces overtime and then rice wins in overtime 43 to 41 and that's a houston team that beat utsa yeah, and that's a Houston team that is in the Big Twelve, albeit they are not a good team. They are still a Big Twelve team that beat UTSA. Rice wins that game, so when we say that, we have to ask: Is Rice better than UTSA? 
I just asked the questions. Rice then takes care of Texas Southern 59 to 7. And I'm pretty sure if Rice had played Texas Southern the last two, three years, they weren't beating them by 52 points. <laughs> I don't think they were beating anybody by 52 points in recent history. So I say all of that, Colin, because now we have to look at Rice as a, a challenging game. I think it's interesting that they're also playing USF because USF also had a good game against Alabama. They only lost 17 to 3. So I think this this says Hold a on, lot. Colin. What I forgot, I forgot North Texas doesn't play Rice this year. Yeah, I was going to I I I thought I w- I was like I don't remember them playing. You weren't going to correct me? I couldn't I didn't know if I was just wrong cuz I figured you looked uh, it up. No, I'm leaving it in. I'm leaving it in. So, we're not um okay. we own regardless. USF I know I knew they didn't play USF. So, um still it adds even more to a conference that I'm already kind of scared of mm. in general. Well, I think it's important though to also know like what we I guess at the time what we thought was the bottom half of the conference um in terms of um uh, football teams. because uh, then we get a good benchmark of what a bad team is in the American. Oh, I mean if, if they could also be good teams, we could be the bad team. But point is is it's good to know how good the conference is because obviously in conference USA in the past, it's like, okay, yeah, the bottom three teams are like actually the worst teams you've ever seen in your life. Um and I'm hoping that the American's not like that, because that's what we talked up whenever they joined the American. I mean, USF that. just hung with Alabama for. That's, yeah, that's what I was just saying. As you, as you quarters. rudely interrupted me. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, they USF only lost seventeen three, like to Alabama. Like I don't know. You know the parade we'd be throwing if North Texas only lost to Alabama seventeen. Let me let me ask you this: Any conference USA team? Do you think any conference USA team the whole time that we covered North Texas and conference USA would ever have that scoreline? Do you think they'd ever hold Alabama under seventeen points? Any team? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I don't care what version of Alabama. It's still Alabama. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was Rice, USF, two teams. North Texas does not play this year, but albeit still teams we thought was the bottom of the American. Both have had really, really good seasons to this mm-hmm. point. At least good results, I'll say that. Yeah. Not good. Uh, no, three more games. SMU at TCU, Colin. Mm. God, I hate SMU. I hate SMU too, but this is – for SMU, this is their benchmark game every year. It's like, can we finally beat TCU? Um, the answer is usually no. But, uh, in, in fact, it's so much no that TCU's like TCU fans are saying, why are we even playing this game? It kind of feels like how North Texas SMU is. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how SMU is getting treated by TCU. Yeah. So, we'll see this week. SMU, largely to this point, I think has had a pretty easy schedule. Uh, besides playing Oklahoma, obviously, um, let me get their schedule up. Um, lose, they lost Oklahoma by 17. I thought they actually didn't play badly there. And then they beat La Tech and Prairie View. So, yeah, TCU is the game for them. That's their benchmark. Because SMU's goal this year is to obviously win the conference for the first time in a long time, but yeah. also make a statement in the metroplex and say hey we're going to the acc we should be treated like tcu and um just you know based on i'm not a smu person i'm not a tcu person but the difference between them to me is pretty stark still in terms of engagement in terms in terms of attendance in terms of quality and consistency of program over the last 20 years for sure so this will be a big game to see if SMU can make its uh, statement on the national scale uh, there. 
And then we got uh, Miami at Temple, which is a game I recommend both of us watching. Yeah. Here. Because Temple, uh, we've already said Navy's better than we thought they were going to be. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the Navy-Memphis game. Yeah, I thought we did. I thought we did last week a little bit. Did we? Did that happen? I thought we did. I don't remember. I thought we did. But regardless, yeah, Navy looks better. We did talk about it a little bit. Uh, yeah, Navy looks better than what we thought it was going to be. I still think Memphis is pretty damn good. But uh, Navy hung in there pretty well and uh, is a tough, tough, tough team. Um, so we need to see now if Temple is also harder than what we thought they were going to be. What are you looking for in a Temple? If, if you're like, yeah, North Texas is going to win this game. What, what's, what's the scoreline of 20th Look, ranked? We know Temple has a good offense. We know they have a good quarterback. Yeah, in particular, right, and that's what we uh, when I had Steve Helwick on from uh, Underdog Dynasty, he did a great job laying out that I should probably we should probably have him back on at some point. Um, yeah, I talked about the past game for Temple whatnot. I want to see their defense and how they hold up against Tyler Van Dyke and uh, that Miami team that just put up like fifty on A and M. So we'll know if they get run out the building by Miami. I'll feel better. If they hang with Miami, I'm going to feel worse. The game is in uh, Philadelphia. So it's a home game for Temple. That's just a game that I think we know both need to watch and have have some eyes on there. Fourth game is Memphis at Missouri. Yeah. Memphis, look, Missouri just beat Kansas State. I think Missouri is pretty, like, pretty legit, especially defensively. So if Memphis goes in there and wins or almost wins, then I'm just not, I'm very worried. The line for the game is not even bad. It's, it's not even touched on. Six, right? The six. Yeah. So the Americans good. We knew this coming in though, Bruni. Yeah. We knew this coming in. We're just and so UTSA used is to not it. even good this year. UTS, yeah. What is it? What is it? Does UCS even play anybody? Oh, they play Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. They're gonna lose pretty badly, I feel like. Three touchdowns underdogs. So they'll be one and three. And North Texas could be two and two. Big. Doesn't matter for conference, but big. Matters for bowl games though. Yes. Matters for bowl games. Imagine UTSA missing a bowl game. And North Texas sneaking in. UTSA is going to have to go 4-4 four and four in conference. Like, Yeah, they I'm can do insane. that, though. Temple, UAB, FAU, North Texas. I'm sorry, wait. No, no, no. They're going to have to go 5-3 and three in conference. To oh, yeah. They'd have to be. Oh, I don't know if that's possible. They'd have to beat Temple, UAB, FAU, East Carolina. And then I guess if we think that Rice and South Florida is good, that they have to beat us. <laughs> we're gonna be the deciding game <laughs> well that's assuming that they can't beat rice or south florida they, they have a pretty so they don't play two lane that's the last game okay i was like i thought they played two lane so yeah i was just writing that off as a loss okay um yeah. well this this will be interesting then this will be, be very it's gonna be interesting year interesting year yeah um go ahead do, I, I don't got anything on, else. are we still on the four the four to five game because i put out that poll of how oh, many yeah. games people how many games we're gonna win. Uh a lot of people said six, believe it or not. Uh thoughts. Um I voted four. I voted four as well. I think five is on the table though. But the Americans just really good. So I, I don't know. I don't want to raise my expectations too high and then Navy and Temple come in and the craziest thing is that six one. Thirty percent of people. Six plus. Actually. Six plus, yeah. So <laughs> I it, yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It it really depends on these worst teams, but also we haven't really seen. I mean, yeah, those first two games sucked, but we've talked about it already. You know, Chandler Rogers seems to put this team in a different area. 
of locked in of everything. So shout out him for coming on. Shout out him for coming on. Um, all right, it's a bye week, Cullen. We will not have a post game podcast, so everybody um, you don't have to look for that. But we will be back next week to preview Alan Christian. Probably have a guest on as well. Going to try to get a, another one, and then uh, yeah, it's time to see if North Texas can take down Alan Christian, the Wildcats. I believe they are. Yes, the ECU Wildcats. That's right. You knew that. Okay, impressive. My friend went to ECU. Okay, well, at this at this point next week, Colin may or may not have a new dog. So I will, well, that. I will have a new dog. But it'll be a 10-day trial. Yeah, the 10 days from now is Sunday. Well, I thought you were getting on Saturday. Oh, yeah, I am getting Saturday. So okay. it'll still be here, though. It will be here. 10 days is 10 days. I don't know. Days, what you want. All right, all right, Colin. <laughs> well, Colin may have a new dog. Um, home field, 15% off, M Green. As always, shout out to them. That was and, a good uh, transition. Shout out to everybody yeah. wow. who um, supports us through Homefield and checks out Homefield. Also, I guess, you know, we'll just throw out there if anybody else wants to sponsor us, feel free. Shoot me a yeah, DM. Yeah, anything. We uh, will sell our souls. I don't know. Whatever you want us to say. <laughs> I have uh, no morals here. Okay? <laughs> yeah, you got, I don't, whatever you got out there. I don't know what. DM you, me. Uh, I know D- Twitter Blues makes it to where you can't DM people that don't follow you back, I think. But um, if you just shoot me a, or if you just shoot add, us a, just add somebody. Yeah, just add us and be like, hey, DM me or something like that. I guess. At I don't know. Green Room UNT. Yeah, be like, hey, sell your souls. Yes, be like, I have a, I have money for you, and yeah. I will say, okay. Yeah. How so, low would yeah. you have to like? What's the lowest thing you'd do? The lowest thing know, you'd Colin, sponsor. Ten dollars. Well, Industry. actually, how much is a Canes combo nowadays? Like thirteen. Oh man, if we got Canes. Like imagine yeah. once a month I get thirteen dollars. If, if we got a cane, if we got a cane sponsor and all they gave us was a meal, like once a month, what's... I'd do it. I'd do it just for the just for the cloud of saying that we got cane. Imagine a cane's logo right next to home. Yeah, like, cane's right logo. <laughs> the, the whole bottom is just gonna be filled with like logos in like yeah. four months. That's the plan. And they give right? us nothing. They just give us <laughs> something once a month. We get, we get one meal a month from each one. Like there's canes. There's Burger King. There's I'm trying to find a local louisiana one right here local denton. louisiana on a unc podcast would be pretty impressive get a denton one over here um yeah colin it's your job it's your job i don't live in denton van alstein yeah over here yeah so yeah there you go um we are open for business so mm, everybody amen. take note all right thank you all for joining us we'll be back next week with another edition y'all have a good weekend enjoy a lot of good football And we will talk to you all later.